Well, let's pray as we get into God's Word this morning. Father, we thank you once again that you are our strength, that you are our fortress, that you are our strong tower. And Lord, it's in you that we find refuge. We find our uh, strength and our hope and our faith. And there we find peace and there we find contentment, Father. Well, Lord, we just thank you so much today for the promises. We thank you for the anointing upon the Word today. We thank you for what you're doing in our life. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, this morning we're going to continue on with our um, series here, Maintaining the I Am Kind of Life. You know, I like a couple things that Jesus said there in your, your notes. You'll have your notes there. Maintaining the I Am Kind of Life. You know, and when we do that, we maintain the I Am Kind of Life. It will, We'll need to have a little bit of uh, contentment there. We'll find a little bit of thankfulness there by maintaining the I am kind of life. We'll also have to have a little bit of faith to do that. And so we want to talk about those three topics today. And uh, the, the subtitle there is staying grounded, staying grounded in God's word, staying grounded in the things of the Lord in the turbulent times. You know, if I if I was to pick a person out of the crowd here, especially some of the older ones there, and I can speak of my grandparents and some of those, but, you know, if I look at Rusty's life, he, he talks about his first year on the planet, he, he spent it in a milk barn, you know, and there was, there was um, times weren't easy. There was difficult times. Uh, I can speak of my grandpa, you know, when they first got married years ago, um, you know, they're they're on their wedding night. The barn that they had just built and some things that they had just done there, filled with grain. That night, that barn burned down. You know, and they could have said, "Well, this is it." You know, well, God just didn't really want us to be married and just kind of gave up. But no, my grandparents and them uh, came through some tough times back then. And so, I believe that if we would look at their life real closely, we would find these attributes in their life. We would find these. Uh, things that we're going to talk about today in uh, in their life. And many of you have probably came through difficult times as well. And I believe if you look closely, you would find these in there. And so we want to talk to the talk about these today and just um, be encouraged and strengthened by the word today. And, um, you know, uh, contentment is not something that comes automatic. You know, if you take, I got a couple of grandsons, uh, Fern's boys here, and, you know, and if they, uh, they can come and un become uncontent real quick, you know, if they're, uh, you know, you give them an ice cream cone and, you know, they say that's enough ice cream, will you take that away? Well, they, they get un discontent real quick, isn't that right? <laughs> and so would we, but, so that's kind of a small little example, but. But contentment, I believe, you know, it, it's intentional, and we all learn contentment by, by living life and by going through life and experiencing things in life. And so we can see here in Philippians 4.11, Paul talking here, he says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. Now, if we look at the Paul's life real closely, we know that Paul experienced some things. We know that he was he was stoned by his own people many times, and you know his his, his people that were close to him let him down over the wall, and and they would um, uh, take care of him. But he learned. Paul says here, I, I have learned in whatever situation I'm in to be content. Uh, you know, this week uh, I was learning the. 
the attribute of being content myself, you know, with a nail through my little finger here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it was discouraging to have a nail through my little finger. But, I, you know, for, for two and a half, three hours there, I had to sit there and look at this nail on my finger, you know. Thankfully, I didn't experience any pain, didn't experience any bruises, didn't experience, didn't hurt at all. So praise God for that. But I was still experiencing a little discontentment with that thing sticking through my finger. <laughs> Why? Because, I mean, I did something stupid, you know, to drive a nail through my hand. That was a little, little something there. But I had to be content with, the, you know, the care of the doctors and the nurses to pull that out. And I'm sure that you and you, each one, have all experienced um, a, a time this week to, you know, to be discontent. But when we are content... It comes from the Lord, and it is something that you and I, we learn that. We learn how to do that. Verse 12 there says, I know what it is to be poor or to have plenty. I have lived under all kinds of conditions. I know what it is to be full or to be hungry, to have much or to have little. And so here we can see in Philippians there, the, uh, the fourth chapter, the 12th verse, that Paul, he learned how to be content he learned how to trust god he learned that it is the lord jesus it is god's word it is god's promises that was going to see him through every situation and uh, if you, you look real close to paul's life you know he experienced um, a shipwreck remember the shipwreck that he had there on the island of patmos he was headed over there and he told the guys i can i have perceived that this thing's going to be shipwrecked and but it, but he also perceived that none will perish well if the the story is that they rolled up against the ground there that ship wrecked and everybody had to jump on board and those that could swim took off swimming those that couldn't they grabbed a piece of board and went to the island there and they spent three months on that island I mean, you know, you could experience a little discontentment right there. That would be a little discontent. And so in our life today, the many changes that we're uh, having to face, you know, that there could be a little discontentment there. But I believe that the believer has the given, been given the ability to be content in any situation. I don't think there's any situation that you and I can't maintain contentment in our life. And I believe that God has given us the ability to do that. And uh, so it is. Um, it comes by personal experience. We all gain contentment by the, the things we experience personally. One thing that I want to remind us of to, as well today is, and Paul mentioned it there in Philippians 4.13, he says, Christ gives me the strength to face anything. Paul had learned the quality of being content in any situation. Didn't make any difference what the situation was. I believe that Paul knew that his his biggest advocate, his most um, uh, person that he was closest to, the person that cared for him the most was Jesus Christ. Because he says here, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so he learned uh, the contentment there. He knew that he was not by himself at any time. He knew that there was a higher power with him and that Jesus was there with him at all times. And so I just want to remind us today, content is an attribute that God gives to us. And we learn it and we, we, we obtain it by living this life. I think also that uh, a life that is going to stay grounded and, and uh, have the I am kind of life in it, it's a thankful life. 
It's a person that can be thankful in any situation. It's a person that can thank God no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter uh, what we're experiencing in the world today. I believe that uh, a content and a uh, life that is rooted and grounded in God and that has the I am kind of life in it will also have thankfulness in it. And so let's look at Psalms 104 there in your notes. It says this, um, being thankful attracts the presence of God. I'm going to turn this way just a little bit because I'm getting a little bit of wind on my mic here. It says, Psalms 104 says this, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And so here we can see the psalmist writes here that it is the way that... Um, we enter into his gates. Many times when we begin our prayer, we want to thank God that we had the ability, that we uh, had the access to his presence, and that we know that he's going to sustain us in any, any, anything that comes our way. Um, when we are thankful, this attracts the presence of God. When we make the choice in the morning or when we face circumstances, when we thank God for his promises, before we see his promises, this attracts the promises of God. This attracts the presence of God. And this, this, this attracts him because we are thanking him for the promises that we know that he will provide for us in our life. And so we can see here with the psalmist that when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, that we are thankful unto him and we will bless his name. We know in other places there it talks about it attracts his presence because he, in, he inhabits the praises and the thankfulness of his people. And so you and I, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what we're facing, we have the ability to be thankful. And so I just want to remind us of that today. I like to say it this way. When I'm facing a circumstance or when I'm facing something, I normally I don't much, you know, even pray the promises. I just... I just say, thank you, Lord, that this situation is taken care of. You know, I just say, thank you, God, that all this is, you've got the, the, the end in mind. And you have not forgotten about us at all. You haven't forgotten about me. You know every situation that I'm facing. But I thank you that you see me through everything that I go through. You see me through every problem that I can face. And so I just kind of thank him for the promises that he has already provided for me. And... um we can also see here Paul in Colossians 3.15, uh, because he chose us, because God the Father chose you and I, you and I can be thankful. Isn't that right? You and I can be thankful. Why? Because we know that God has chosen us, and God has chosen you, and he has chosen you as his son and his daughter. And so that also makes us be thankful. Let's read Colossians 3.15 here. It says, let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body and always be thankful. And so here we can see in his word here, he says that you and I were chosen. And he says, because you and I are chosen of God, that you and I are his son, his daughter, then we should also be thankful for that. Um, I'm trying to think of an example there. You know, I can, I, I just imagine Jesus facing the circumstances there in Mark, the 15th chapter, when he was, uh, being led up to 
you know, be tried because of the accusations that had been made against him. He, he faced some circumstances there that were that were false. Yet he remained content. Yet he remained uh, intact. He did not deny the truth. He he still said, "I am come for this reason." And so you and I, as sons and daughter of of the Most High God, no matter any circumstance that we're facing. We can be thankful. We can be thankful for what we have. We still have a roof over our head. We still have electricity on. We still have water that comes out of the faucet. We still have a nice warm bed. We still most of us have food to eat. Isn't that right? And so we can find things every single day to be thankful for. So I just want to remind us today of that. He says there in Colossians 3.15, Let the peace that Christ gives control your thinking. And so that's also part of maintaining a thankful heart, maintaining a life that is grounded in the word, a life that is grounded in Christ. We have the ability to maintain our thinking. We have the ability to take every thought captive and make it obey Christ, no matter the circumstances. And so we can do that. He says there, let the peace of Christ control your thinking. It is for peace that you were chosen to be together in one body. And he says, always be thankful. And so we can do that. You and I have the ability to do that. No matter what we're facing, no matter what trials and tribulations, no matter what uh, lifestyle changes that we have made. Isn't that right? Every single person that I'm looking at here today, we have made some kind of lifestyle change. Isn't that right? We, we, you know, we're not having church the way we normally have church, but thank God we're still having church. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so there's, there's, we, we're doing things just a little bit different. And so who cares? We can still be thankful in any situation. Uh, and the second, uh, third, third point there, if we maintain a persistent faith, that'll help us to live a life that is grounded. That'll help us to live an I am kind of life. Psalms 100 verse 5 says, The Lord is good. And he says this, There is no end to his faithful love. We can trust him forever and ever. Isn't that right? So just as the psalmist said there, uh, the same way that he said, the Lord is faithful, he is good, we can trust him today, tomorrow, and forever, no matter the circumstances. Isn't that right? So we can do that. He says there, there is no end to his faithful love. I believe that a life that is grounded and rooted in, in the God kind of uh, um, uh, faith there. We'll have to know, we'll have to have, have settled it in his heart that God is faithful. And there is no end to his faithfulness. There is no end to his love. We also need to realize in Romans 12, 3 there, we, you and I, we have been given faith. God gave us faith. When we became born again, a child of God, he gave us faith. Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And so God has not left you out. God has dealt to every person here under the sound of my voice a measure of faith. And so we have faith and we have to make a decision uh, to be content, 
to be thankful and to apply faith to our situations. We have been given that. We have that in us. It is part of the of us as a believer. We have that faith. And so what have we what we say concerning faith? What are we saying about this measure of faith? What are we saying about these situations that we're facing? Has an impact on the way we conduct ourselves. It has an impact whether we are content, whether we are thankful by what we say about our circumstances. Let's, let's look at it here, uh, the uh, Hebrews 4.14. 4, 4, we have a great high priest who has gone into heaven, and he is Jesus, the Son of God. That is why we must hold on to what we have said about him. And so when we when we think about Christ, when we think about our situations, when we think about the circumstances that we're facing today, I believe that each one of us can say, God is going to see us through this. God is can be trusted forever. He can be he is our sustainer, he's our helper, he's our redeemer, he's our strengthener, he's our counselor, he's our comforter, he's the one who goes before us, he's my advocate. He is everything that I say that he is. Isn't that right? And so when we line up our sayer with our heart and our sayer with what God says, guess what? He says, I can watch over that. I can perform that in that person's life. And so it makes a difference how we live the I am kind of life. It makes a difference whether what we're saying. So we have to say the same thing that he says. Psalms 91, there is no plague that will come near me. I will only behold with my eyes and see the reward of the wicked. Even if a thousand fall out of my side and ten thousand of my right hand, it will not come near me. That's what, that's what God says about me. That's what God says about, my, about the promises that he's given me in Psalms 91. He says that. And I want to say the same thing that he says. And I say that and I pray that over our church family every single day. That Psalms 91. There is no plague that shall come near my dwelling. Even if a thousand fall at my right hand and, you know, and ten thousand by my right hand, guess what? It's not coming near me. You know, and I believe that I'm not bragging. I'm not thinking of myself more highly than I ought to when I say that I didn't experience any pain with my finger. Even though it was just an 18-gauge nail. You know, on a big old 16-penny nail. <laughs> but I keep, a, I keep a good strong word out there in front of me. I'm healed in Jesus' name. By his stripes, I'm healed. Uh, there's no pain or calamity that comes near me that can last any, any time at all. And so when you and I uh, remind ourselves of God's promises, and we remind him of his promises towards us, praise God, he's going to watch over that thing. Isn't that right? Yeah, let's do to give, give Jesus a big shout over that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I got one more verse here. It says I'm bringing. Uh, this is this is. It said I'm gonna read the last part of Jeremiah 45. However, I I promise that wherever I go, God talking, wherever I go, I will at least protect you from death, for I, the Lord, have spoken. So I want to say this. You know, in the days of Noah, Noah was a guy out there. For a hundred years, building the ark. He was a person out there, him and his family and his boys and his son and daughter. They were building this ark out there. Seemed very foolish to the rest of the world. Seemed very, um, you know, weird. It seemed very unusual 
to see this preacher of righteousness building an ark out there. But he heard from the Lord. He heard what the Lord said to him. And because of what he, he is, his obedience, he, he was able to sustain the human life and, and even animal life on that ark. So what you and I are going through today, it might seem a little unusual. It might seem a little foreign to the world. It might seem a little weird to the world, but how many of you know that you and I are not of this world? We are of a different kingdom. We are from the kingdom of God, and so we conduct ourselves different. We have a contentment. We are able to maintain thankfulness, and we know that we serve a God that is faithful. We can do that, and that, that's how we live a life rooted and grounded in love. That's how we live a life that is grounded in the Scripture. That's how we live a life that is grounded in the things of the Lord. And so I just want to remind us, encourage us of that again today. Listen, if you are living a life that is rooted, if you are living a life that is grounded, if you are living the life that God calls you to live and you conduct yourself different than the world conducts themselves, you're going to stand out a little bit. You're going to feel like Noah out there building that ark out there, uh, you know, by himself and just his family. For a hundred years, he did that. And so I believe that, you know, we're very much in those times again. I don't think it's maybe next year or two, but I think we're in the last of the last days, right? And so we're going to we're, we're going to need to be the light. We're going to need to be that. We're going to need to be everything the Lord has called us to be and just be content. We have a thankful heart and we are able to live a faithful life towards God. That's the main message today is just to stay grounded. And so as we close today, uh, it, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie. This song that we want to close with today. And listen, you guys are sitting in your car there. Sing this song out because it's doctrinally correct. <laughs> Amen. And I love the way Ernest Tubbs sings it here. And so let's listen and see how he sings this last song here. And then Bobby will come up and close us out and take up the offering. <laughs> 